Talking Huddle Time, Chad Prinky here, as always, along with my good friend, producer, co-host extraordinaire. Hey, how do you want us to install this uh, water heater? And my coworker was like, I don't know, install the water heater. Like, why, why are you even asking me? He's like, well, I don't know if you know, but did what you designed, it can't physically fit through the front door <laughs> of this building. My class is only 40 minutes. So we have to get this done in 40 right? minutes. You have to clean up in 40 minutes. And then it also, when you use the miter saw, a lot of kids are scared of the miter saw and you just see the difference in their confidence when they come in here compared to when they when they leave, it, they're excited. Be announcing a new county that's gonna join us in Maryland. So we continue to spread it. And I'll say my peers across the country are starting to take this and adopt this at their local IEC chapters. Either um, AI assistant tools, you have AI master builder tools, and then you have um, kind of a bit of both that are one foot in BIM in current processes and one foot in AI. Said Brett, in life, opportunity meets you at your level of preparation. She said, Here's the keys, go forth and do great things. Stacy, it's 2024. What's happening? Oh, God. I haven't seen you in a while now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, we've talked. There have been discussions, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but it's good to see you. You look great. Yeah, you too. What did you do over the holidays? Anything fun? I mean, I, I recharged the battery a lot. That was necessary. Um, I did eat too much. That was, it felt necessary. Felt yeah, good. I feel that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I've had holiday seasons where I'm like, I'm going to keep it tight this time. Oh, I was yeah. Like, and it never happens. Yeah, I wanted a cookie. Uh, it was good. Um, what about you? What'd you get into? Uh, traveling with family. My family's all over the place. So this year has been a lot of traveling. I have family in Florida, Boston, and Philly. So we never really stay put anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's fun. So. It's, I mean, yeah. It's, it's nice to... Uh, but, but, you know, when you feel like uh, you need a vacation from the holidays. Yes, I, I needed that this year. And I'm very, at least for me, I, I like not having that that feeling. So I felt I felt like uh, you couldn't like keep me from from working on December 27th. There was no way like I was I, I was chomping at the bit. You know, I was yeah. I was all fired up. So it was uh, it was good. So uh, I can't I can't wait for. Uh, 2024, you know, in terms of the way that we're, we're setting up the morning huddle, I, I, I do want to remind for those of you who are catching it for the first time, this is all new, but, um, uh, I do want to remind the audience, uh, the plan for 2024, we're going to run every week, uh, from now through, I mean, this is January 9th. We're going to run every week from now through basically the end of May. Mm -hmm. Uh, th that'll be our first piece this season. Then we're taking a summer break and we're coming back for the fall running through basically Thanksgiving, you know, something along those lines. And I think that's going to be our new pattern. It's a lot of shows. I think we, we counted it up, Stacy. It's like 32 or 34 shows or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then we'll do also some special editions, hopefully live. Um, we still have to work out those details, but there's some great opportunities coming up with those too. We always sneak in a few, don't we? Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and for those of you who are listening to this and recording and want to get in on the conversation moving forward, we do live stream on LinkedIn and YouTube, and you can use the chat and, and type in all kinds of all manner of questions and um, derogatory comments, whatever suits you. <laughs> uh, in you know, in, in that, but um, uh, certainly, you know, you could be listening to us on Apple or Spotify or watching us on YouTube or any of the other things that, that we do. Uh, we've got uh, great sponsors this year. Thank you so much to them. We'll talk about them later, uh, but uh, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to introduce our guest today. Um, our guest today is Ben Nichols. Ben and I have met a few times, uh, and every time I've met Ben, I've thought, I need to get to know this guy uh, better. And so it was really cool as we were doing planning for this year, and we were talking about different guests. I said to Stacy, I would love to get Ben Nichols on. Ben is the president of Harkins Builders, uh, which is uh, a really well-respected, uh, large middle market, like right on the top end, I would say, of the middle market. I don't know if that's how you describe yourself, but that's how I describe it. Uh, right. I would say, right? Yeah, something something like that. And, um, you know, Ben is, uh, for, for if you don't mind my saying, for a president, young, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I, I got to hear that story. And also, Harkins is a really well-known uh, employee-owned company. And really, the majority of our discussion today is going to revolve around uh, being an employee-owned company in construction and how that's worked for Harkins. And maybe, um, you know, for those of you who are thinking about that in, in your businesses and wanting to learn more, uh, this will be a valuable conversation. So, Ben, thank you so much for being with us. Well, Chad, Stacey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And I've gotten a chance to listen to a couple of shows now, and you guys do an awesome job. So thanks a bunch. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we um we what we uh put first over everything else is entertainment. So uh so along those lines, I'm gonna ask. I'll start with Stacy because she's she she was too much of a wimp to start. Um, <laughs> Stacy, what, what are your goals for 2024? What are what's a New Year's resolution or goals for 24? Yeah, so I think I learned from last year to travel less because I was sick for most of the morning huddle podcast. It was a really really rough year. I was sick four months last year. It was ridiculous. So um, gonna travel a little less, even though I love traveling and I love learning new things and. Um, I'm going to start writing more. I have, I have this journal that poses questions. So I want to get better at writing and content writing. So that's, that's one for me. Um, and travel then, less, write more. Yeah. Cool. I have to practice being more of a homebody cause I'm not, I am always out and about doing things. Yeah. So I got to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. You felt, you felt, you, you, you felt yourself wearing out a few times last yeah. year. It sounds like. Yeah. It's just too much. A little burnout. Yeah. What about you? Me? Jeez. I can I have the most <laughs> important goal that I have is um, that I want to grow the well-built team by two more consultants this year while making sure that we only have amazing people because the people on our team are you got a great team they're ridiculously good they're so amazing you know I, I'm, I'm talking to I mean you, you can't name a, a, you know certainly uh, nobody's perfect but I can't I can't think of anything I want to change about these people yeah um, they're just they're just fantastic so we need two more of those who are perfect 
if we if we have right if we have two more two more perfect people uh that's that's a goal for 24 and then in terms of like personal resolutions i just want to be a dad and husband who says yes to my family that's, um, a, nice one. that's a really hard thing it's a really hard thing but like it's it doesn't take much it just it's just like energy at the end of the day when the kid comes in and it says hey dad can we play such a and you're like Yes. <laughs> when every part of you wants to be like, yeah. not tonight, kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what about you, Ben? Sure, I'll follow the Chad model. So um for Harkins, just want to want to grow, continue to grow our culture and protect our culture. We have an awesome culture of people that love Harkins and and fully drink the Kool-Aid and want to do the best thing for the company above all else all the time. And also protect our reputation. We have a awesome reputation that Chad kind of alluded to with our trade partners, with our clients, and just make sure that we're you're constantly building those relationships and, and strengthening the reputation. On the home front, I have four kids, uh, seven, six, four, and two wow. that take a ton of energy. So like Chad <laughs> saying yes is uh, you got to do it. But uh, more specifically, I want to I want to focus more on one-on-one -on -one time trying to get that one-on-one -on -one time with each of those kids because I can tell that they crave one-on-one -on -one time whenever they can get it and they 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 want it and they're they're so different when they're by themselves when vice when they're with the wolf pack of all four kids kind of <laughs> for attention amongst each other so that's my new year's resolution to spend a little more one-on-one -on -one time with each of them it's good I love it that's a great so um, uh, now that we've all, uh, you know, been a little, uh, vulnerable and awkward, let's launch in. Um, this is <laughs> good. Great. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, everybody, Ben and Stacy, that was cool to hear you both, uh, talk about your, you know, your lives for a minute. I, we don't do that very often. Um, so I'd like to understand as a starting point, let's orient ourselves to who you are, Ben, what's your story? How'd you get into the construction industry? How'd you land at Harkins? And then how did you end up? being the president of the company. Sure. So I, I came into the construction uh, industry by way of the Marine Corps. So my, my first job out of college was being a Marine. So I kind of grew up in it as well. So my father was a, a Marine for 35 years. So I really grew up looking at all the all the models for me were the, my dad and all his Marine Corps buddies. And they carried themselves in such a way and they, they stood up tall and and um, just took such pride in what they did. It's ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a Marine. So I was lucky enough to be able to attend the Naval Academy. And um, upon graduating the Naval Academy, got to uh, kind of fulfill that dream of being a Marine Corps officer. Mm. So um, over six years in the Marine Corps, started off um, after going through all the initial schools. Um, you're 22 years old, just finished school. You don't really know a thing about the Marine Corps. And they say, here are 44 Marines. You're the platoon commander. Go and lead these 44 Marines. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's a humbling, uh, really, really humbling task. I remember the first platoon I got, they had, they're just coming back from Afghanistan. They had lost a Marine in Afghanistan and I was going to be their platoon commander upon coming back. I'm like, what in the world am I going to tell these guys that have just been there and done it? And I haven't done anything yet. So I think it's an opportunity just to approach that really humbly um, and just say, hey, I'm going to be a servant leader and, and help you guys in any way I can help you transition from from combat operations to being back uh, back in uh, on, on a base in peacetime operations and uh, do everything I can. And the Marine Corps is smart enough to pair 
the young officers with a senior enlisted in the Marine Corps, somebody who's been in the Marine Corps 15 or 20 years. And so you have a platoon sergeant and a platoon commander. And it's the it's you guys are really the dynamic duo and 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 leading that platoon and kind of working hand in hand together to to lead the platoon. So the platoon sergeant's got all that experience of 15 years in, in the in the Marine Corps, and the platoon commander's kind of got the um, you know, on the officer side is leading the platoon, but it's really a partnership at the top, and and, and it works beautifully. So that's um. So after so in, in the Marine Corps got to got to be a platoon commander. I eventually took a took a platoon of Marines to Afghanistan. Did a six month uh, training workup before we went over there overseas in 2010 in uh, Marja, Afghanistan, in Helmand Province. Um, after that tour, I I took a billet as a Marine Corps liaison to the Seabees. So you got had either of you ever heard of the Seabees? No. So the Seabees are the Navy's construction force. Oh, so, cool. So if like if you think back to World War II days when we needed to go in in the Pacific Island hopping campaign, Golden bridges and would and go in with the Marines and they'd be building out the base and building out the airfield. And we basically took a bunch of construction workers and said, hey, you're in the Navy now. You're going to go overseas and, and, and start doing some building. So they were the guys with a machine gun strapped to their back and, and driving a and driving a dozer all at the same time and ready to hop off and go into combat operations uh, when needed. Wow. So the CBs still do that. They still support the Marine Corps with um, with kind of the, the heavy construction that the Marine Corps doesn't have innately. Um, so it was an awesome uh, opportunity to spend three years with the CBs, um, both building things on base in Port Wanimi, California, which was the home port where I was stationed, but also got to live in Spain for six months, got to live in Japan for six months and got to go to the Philippines for three months. And we were doing com um construction operations in all those places. And, and when we were in Spain and Japan, the CBs would send small detachments of 15 or 20 CBs out to the Horn of Africa or Eastern Europe. And we'd be building schoolhouses or building water tanks or building bridges. So really, really cool um, mission with the CBs, being able to see some, some real construction on the military side of things. That's awesome. And and is that is is that how you ended up finishing your time? In Correct. The, yeah, I finished my time with the CBs, and um, yeah, I love I love my time in the military. But um, as I was you know, looking at the the career trajectory and moving every three years, you know, I felt like I kind of did my time and got to serve my country, and wanted to. You know, I was still a single guy at that point in time, but really knew that I'd want to transition to have a family and kind of be be there for my family without uh, having to deploy uh, constantly and. And my hat's off to the people that continue to serve and continue to to balance family life with military life. It's a really tough thing to do. Yeah, it is. But um, yeah. So I ended up, uh, you know, kind of networking and found found a, a small construction company that I initially started off with and spent three years there, um, doing federal construction for the mostly for the Navy, and then um, was lucky enough to find Harkins and and work in our government. A contracting arm of Harkins Builders. You know, Harkins is so well known for our, our multifamily apartment construction. But we've actually been doing government construction on military bases. We hold a top secret clearance as a company and have gotten to do a ton of really awesome stuff that um, you know directly impacts the, the nation's national security. So loved uh, love love my time doing that, and it's 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 been a blessing to be uh, um, you know in the construction industry. How long have you been at Harkins? 
So this is my eighth year at Harkins, which is really young in terms of, of tenure yeah. at Harkins. So I'm lucky to be partnered with a whole bunch of 40 year plus employees that have been here since day one. So it's a it's a place that people come and they stay uh, they stay for decades and they stay a career. And um, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just loving, loving my time here. That, that, that is awesome. I, I, I admire and uh, appreciate your path, um, you know, and thank you for your years of service. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, thank you. It's uh, it's so. so um, I want to talk about you know what before we get into the ESOP thing. I gotta I gotta ask a question. Basically, just if you had one piece of advice, if there's somebody who's who's you know, and there are lots of people who uh, listen to and watch our our show, who are uh, I would say if you're if you're listening to and watching our show, you are in some way you know, um, next level committed to your, to your personal growth, to your career, to, to your interest in the construction industry. Every one of our audience members is not just doing the minimum, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there, there's other stuff to listen to, uh, like reality TV or, you know, whatever else, you know, to spend your time on rather than a program like the morning huddle, that's all about positive change in the construction industry and learning and things like that. Um, so to that audience that that has varying degrees, right, of, of um, uh, interest in advancement and reaching their own highest personal potential, from somebody who's uh, clearly create you know been on a fast track to executive leadership, if you had one piece of advice for that audience, what would it be if the, if it was their desire to find themselves in a similar situation to you? Um, yeah, one, I was just blessed with uh, great timing. And I know that's, that's, uh, that's not in our control. Um, but I, I would say lean into servant leadership. Uh, there's, if you're, if you're taking care of the people that, that are, that, that you're directly leading, they're going to take care of you and think, and you're going to build effective teams. And when you build effective teams, you build a, you build a good culture and having a good culture amongst your 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 team that you're in control of in your organization is just a huge advantage, and when you have a good culture, good things tend to happen. I love it. I think it's so many people wait until they they have this mindset of sort of like when I'm in charge, man. Right. When I'm, they ought to put me in charge. Let me have a shot. And I and I couldn't agree with you more that it's like you, you know um, you are in charge right now of some things. That's right. Uh, crush those things, do an amazing job at those things, build the most effective people around you doing those things. And, um, you know, hopefully you've, you've landed a place like you did that saw it, recognized it and, and, uh, and said, wait a minute, we, we, we you know, we should, we should get more of that. Um, and I know you said one thing, but I'll tag on one other thing too. So always be, be willing to say, just like you say, and saying yes to your kids when you want to play, there's so many people that want to get to know you and, and, in this construction industry. So just being say, saying yes to being willing to meet with people and be willing to go grab coffee with somebody early morning before work, be willing to grab lunch with somebody, go, go to, go to the happy hours, just build, build that network because it's amazing. The people that you meet three or four years ago that maybe you didn't think you couldn't see the direct connection for how that is going to be an effective relationship for you. It, when people are advocates for you and your network is, is working for you, I think it, it really helps out to get to know the right people. Making investments in relationships. Mm -hmm. You got it. Spend that half hour grabbing a cup of coffee. Spend that. I mean, yeah, it doesn't take much. Spend that half hour on a Zoom call. 
saying hello, you know, introducing yourself to somebody who I, I, I love it. I think it's a great philosophy and, um, uh, I don't have a smooth transition, so I'm just going to transition. Uh, but th th thank you for that, uh, Ben. That was awesome. Um, so when I think about uh, in being an employee-owned company, honestly, I, I, it's uh, pretty rare. It's not. I, I don't know what the statistic is. I, I wish I had that data point. But it's pretty rare to be a, a, an employee-owned company, fully employee-owned in particular. There are companies that I know who have pieces of their business where they've created employee stock programs. But uh, ESOP stands for Employee Stock Ownership Program. Harkins has been an ESOP for a couple of decades now. And um, and so they were an ESOP when you joined. And uh, and I so, so so I'd like to know you know, maybe just talk a little bit about how it works. You know, what are some of the basics about how, how an employee stock ownership program works? Sure. So uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of how the ESOP works is whatever your total compensation is for the year. So any Harkins employee, whatever their total compensation is, 10% of their total compensation will be given to them in stock and or cash, typically it's mostly stock as long as there's enough stock from folks that are retiring or diversifying towards the end of their career at Harkins, that there's enough stock to go around for everybody to receive 10% of their total compensation in stock. So that's your, your base salary, your bonuses, everything um, you get in stock every single year. Okay. So Harkins's bottom line at the end of the our, not, our net profit at the bottom line, the other element that in addition to that 10% that you're getting is you know, there's three places where our bottom line goes. We do, we do do some profit sharing, which is outside of the ESOP plan. That's just cash that's going to people. So about a third of our profits might be in profit sharing. A third of our profits might be in retained earnings where the company needs to continually grow our bottom sure. line. Expand bonding capacity and whatever right. else have you. Yep. And that other third is really dividends. So depending on how many shares you have is is how how what percentage of that dividend portion that you'll get. So our longer tenured employees that have the most Harkin stock are receiving the most of the dividends every single year um, at, at Harkin. So it's a pretty, pretty awesome way to really build wealth over time. And as our employee owners gain tenure, it their ESOP accounts really go up exponentially in that back half of their career. So once you hit really you know, 10, 15 years and beyond, it really goes up exponentially as you get a greater share of the stock in the company and get a greater share of the dividends. Yeah. And then as, as the Harkins, Harkins is valued by a third party uh, a firm that comes in and looks at our backlog and looks at how, how well we're doing with operations and they value the company every single year which and then creates a stock price and that stock price grows over time. And that's how all of our employee owners stock accounts grow. So it's a pretty, pretty awesome program for a new employee. It does take uh, either about a year or a year and a half to get into the program. Right. And then there's also a six year vesting period uh, where before that you're fully vested in the program. Yeah, you've got, I mean, you've got to make a commitment to the company before the company goes through and makes that commitment to you. And I mean, even just from a paperwork standpoint, right. for that first year and a half, I'd imagine it's like, dude, we're not doing any administrative stuff until we know you're not going to flake. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, that that just seems reasonable. But okay, and and what this does is it creates a massive amount for for an individual employee. It's this This creates a retirement. This creates wealth. 
that they're able to use in in retirement. I mean, are we, t- are we talking about substantial dollars by the end of a career? If if I if I come and spend thirty years, is it is it substantial? Yeah, we've absolutely. It's it's very very substantial. Um, our longer longer tenured people are certainly do not need to worry about retirement uh, when they when they hit retirement age. And, and that Blaze Cook, who was our second owner, so Tom Harkins founded the company. Blaze Cook, who started as a laborer uh, in the company, worked his way all the way up. Um, to CEO was our was our second owner, and it was his dream that he did not want his employees to ever have to work again in retirement. He wanted them to put in put in their years with Harkins and to be set in retirement, and that that has proven true time and time again for our employee owners who have retired who spent a career. So so do they do this instead of a four hundred one k? No. So we also do a four hundred one k. So we our our benefits are just are you know top of the line, just like any other company out there. So we have a 401k match, um, offer a really solid benefit plan. The ESOP is truly just the icing on the cake uh, because we're employee owned um, at, a, at a privately held company. All the profits of the company are going to one person or one family or to one small group of owners. Our, our profits go directly back to the employees 100 um, percent. That's that's amazing. So so I'm 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 building my own 401k. I'm doing my normal thing. My you know, whatever fifteen thousand or eighteen thousand. I don't even know what it is anymore. But but you know, it's something a year. Uh, you know that that I'm doing as an employee, and um, uh, I'm also without doing anything else. As long as I'm crushing it, uh, you know, as long as the company's doing great, as long as that's the right. company is succeeding, I'm also amassing. A, a separate retirement yeah, account. So, just just like you would be, because you're an owner in the company. So, that, in the same exact way that you're any any owner uh, increases their wealth. So, it's a great program. Yeah, that's incredible. So, and, and when I think about, um, you know, and uh, I don't think I'm big enough yet to think about this. You know, got six people or something along those lines. But you know, if I if, as a business owner, when I think about this. Uh, plan, I think, okay, well, when the, when I, with our net profits, the government comes and takes about 50% of that. And th- and then whatever's left is what we actually have for net profits that then I can put, you know, put into two places at that point, uh, you know, uh, uh, dividends to myself, uh, or, um, you know, putting that, leaving that retained earnings, leaving money in, in the company, because I'm doing profit sharing pre-tax because there's, you know, you have to do that, but you know, bonus pre-tax. Um, talk about uh, the impacts of, uh, you know, how, how does, how do taxes play out in the ESOP world? Yeah. For, so for us, um, we don't pay any federal, Harkins pays no federal taxes. So, we are, don't so pay- are you, are, are you in trouble? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that you think of. That's right. So, so legally Harkins. You should check that out, ESOP. Ben. You should yeah. make sure that's okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hundred percent confident in this one. So legally, okay. because we're hundred percent ESOP. We don't pay any federal taxes and we pay very little state taxes. So it's a huge advantage for the corporation to be an ESOP uh, just for tax purposes. But of course, all of the ownership in Harkins is being transferred to its employees in a non-qualified retirement account. And then our employee owners are paying taxes on their ownership in the company when they retire. So their taxes are being paid, just not by the corporation. Yeah. Um, of Harkin. So it is, it is, it is a huge advantage. Yeah. That is a massive advantage. I mean, to put the, put, put that in perspective, really, 
mean, it's not it's not half all the time, but if you imagine just if it, if you have a million bucks, you immediately have five hundred thousand, uh, you know, of of net profit. And in your world, you're t- you're able to take that million and distribute it across all of your owners, and then they're paying. Um, I'm I'm assuming capital gains taxes at the at their you know when they retire it's when they exit ordinary income. Yeah, at that point, when it's it, not when ordinary income, right? When when I, I believe it is, and you you can oh, fact check me later on this, but I believe it is treated as income uh, from the employee owners. Okay, got it. So so it'll work. be at a thirty some tax yeah, per, exactly. you know, uh, percent tax rate rather than a you know whatever twenty some correct. percent tax correct. Rate. Okay, but either either way, compa- in comparison to you, you it's it's kind of like letting that money grow over the years as opposed to having half of it and and letting that grow over the years. It's a it's a substantial benefit for the owners, and in this case, the owners being all the being all the yeah, absolutely. What are what are some of the uh, the myths that when you're talking to people who are potential, um, you know, clients of yours, or I'm sorry, potential uh, employees of yours, that when they ask questions about this, what are some of the things that may, people carry in and think, um, you know, well, it's going to work this way, but it actually doesn't work that way. Yeah, I have heard a couple myths out there, and I've I've heard a couple times. Well, an, an ESOP can't make effective decisions as a corporation, which is really entirely not true. We're just like any company. We have a we have a board of directors, we have a, a C suite, we have an executive team who are really making all the decisions in the company. So all the all the, of the shares that our employee owners have are non voting shares. So there's no a, your your longest tenured employee can't come in and do a hostile takeover of the company. Right. There, there is an ESOP trust. So there's employees that are put on the ESOP committee and there's ESOP trustees who who, who basically take care of the ESOP program. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not allowed to be on the ESOP trustee. So you want to have those are really the representatives for all the employee owners. Um, and, and then we have a board of directors that I'm the chairman of the board of directors. So you have the company decision making is separate from the from the governance of the ESOP, which is a which is a great marriage. And ends up ends up working out really, really well. Awesome. All right, cool. I am going to take this moment to transition into uh, some Q&A stuff, Stacy questions from the audience, other questions that may have popped up uh, through the course of this. But before we do, I do want to take a moment to thank the people who are uh, helping us to promote the morning huddle and helping us to expand our audience this year by being sponsors. And we have four awesome sponsors here to start 2024. Uh, first, I'll start with our newest sponsor, which is uh, the Marsh McLennan Agency. Marsh McLennan Agency is, um, you know, they, they are an insurance provider. Uh, they do um, property and casualty insurance. They also do uh, many other uh, offices do employee benefits insurance, and they also uh, are a huge bonding uh, outfit and extremely well respected in the um, you know by by uh, construction companies in the middle market. That's really the group that they aim to serve. Some of my good friends work there, uh, and uh, and as well as Stacy's good friends work there. Uh, great group of people who really do take care of their customers. So. Uh, that's Marsh McLennan. Uh, then we have uh, Sandy Spring Bank, another new uh, sponsor. These guys are my bank. Uh, they're also, I, I, I joke with them all the time and say, you know, hey, with all of our, all we do is work with construction companies, right? It, it well built. And all of our, um, you know, when the checks come in, I would say 50% of the checks at least come in with that Sandy Spring Bank tag on the top. And that, that tells you something that they really are a contractor oriented bank, uh, you know, particularly in our region. And uh, and their and their people uh, treat you like uh, you know that they're in business with you. 
which I I really have always appreciated that uh, kind of experience, even as small business myself uh, and and the much larger businesses that I work with have have, uh, said the same. So uh, great bank. Uh, Then we have uh, Katz, uh, I'm sorry, Lawrence Law. Lawrence Law is a uh, a, a boutique uh, law firm that serves the construction companies. So if you're looking for, you know, great people who are relationship oriented, who are reasonable uh, fees and all about making it work for you. Uh, Lawrence Law and Kate Lawrence, her team are uh, just really wonderful for the construction industry uh, and, um, you know, can't say enough good things there. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we have uh, Katz Abosh. Katz Abosh is a really solid um, accounting firm that serves, again, these are all professional services groups that have have made their businesses largely with uh, the you know, construction companies uh, in the uh, in the D.C. metro region. And Katz A. Bosch is loaded with construction experts, people who can help you to get your whip straight, uh, people who can help you, you know, to advise through all kinds of decisions like, should we become an ESOP? And, uh, and how would that work in our business? So they are a top-notch group of people and uh, strongly advise you to, uh, if, you, if you're looking for an accounting partner, uh, consider Katz A. Bosch. All right. Yeah. Have some good questions coming coming your way. Awesome. Hit it, Stacy. Let's go. Um, so a new business owner, how many employees do you need to have to begin to even think that this is an option for them? So I have I've heard this question a lot and I've asked people about this. I don't think there is an exact number. Um, and I think it probably depends, you know, on the business itself. Okay. You you do want to have a good diversity of employee owners. So you have some less tenured, some middle tenured and some longer tenured employee owners. That way you get that nice cycle of stock turnover um, as you have new people entering the company. And as as the, as people are getting more shares, you want to have, make sure there's enough uh, folks that are retiring or diversifying. Um, I have heard like a hundred employees, may, maybe for a general contractor, um, that might be a, a good target number for an ESOP. But there's a ton of awesome uh, ESOP consultants out there that could give you a much better answer on your specific business and and what would make sense. So if there's people under a hundred employees, I would not check it out. Make sure yeah. you still check it out and talk to one of those experts in it. Yeah, I do know a couple of businesses under a hundred that have gone ESOP. It's worked out really well for them. Um, what one. Uh, observation just along those lines. And I wonder what what your reaction to this is, Ben, that I, I have heard that in terms of limitations, size is not as big of a consideration as debt. So the business wants to have very, very, very little to no debt uh, to in order to convert to an ESOP because the way that works is the owner gets bought out by you know going to the bank and the bank pays the owner and then the employees pay the bank and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but that's the simple version. So if the company's already carrying a pile of debt, that's really hard to pull off. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another question. So I know a lot of companies <clears throat> offer 401ks and they have a lot of trouble trying to, especially with a younger audience, to, to try to explain the benefits and the importance of it. Um, how do you go about doing that when explaining the ESOP? That is tough and can be a, and can be a challenge. So um, when you're, if you put yourselves back into your 18 or 22 year old self, you're less worried about that nest egg at the, at the end of your career. Um, so we, we've done a lot of campaigns, uh, both on social media, you have videos on our website, you know, 
when whenever we're going through the recruitment process, we got to spend a lot of time talking about the ESOP. It's been um, one good strategy is taking uh, showing an example of ESOP statements over time. Um, take a take a middle tenured employee and a longer tenured employee and show that that new hire what the ESOP could look like in 10 or 15 years or 30 years. And when you start to think about that and divide it by the number of 30 years, it's real it's real money that's coming coming to you over time. Of course, you just don't access it until after you leave the company. But it's it's really important to slow down and really over communicate. Uh, the benefits of the ESOP. There's also some nice tools out there where you can you can look you can plug in your your base salary, your expected growth in the company, what the expected dividends are, and kind of see what an ESOP will look like for you over time in your career. So we have some of those tools that you can plug into, but definitely want a communication campaign around the ESOP and mm-hmm. really take the time to in, to communicate to your employees so that then they can be advocates out um, when they're out there recruiting new people to the company. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, what else was I gonna say? Uh, Chad, did you have anything else? Oh, uh, retention, employee retention. How does how how do you compare to other contractors that don't have a program like this? Yeah, we've been really blessed to have very very little turnover. So our our retention is is. I consider it top notch in the industry. I think if you go and ask other construction companies how often they're seeing Harkins resumes on the street, it just it just doesn't happen. So our, our retention's um, way up there. I think a huge component of that is the ESOP and the culture that the ESOP builds. Because when you're an employee owner and to your left and your right is also an employee owner, it's a huge accountability to be doing the right thing for the company all the time. So mm-hmm. where I think you'll find that the employee owners are 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 less, uh, less self-centered and more focused on what's the best decision for the company, what's the best decision for this project, um, and kind of keeping that mindset going all the time. I know as, a, as an ESOP, we're also very transparent um, as, a, as a business. So we uh, we make it a we make it a point to include all of our 350 employee owners in strategic planning. Uh, we do quarterly executive panels. Where we're really diving down deep into the into the financials of the company, so everyone really gets a clear picture of the financial picture uh, of the company and any snapshot in time. And I think just running your business as transparently as that just creates. Uh, a sense of of ownership, even beyond being an employee owner, because you're part you're part of how the sausage is made. And yeah. I would I would I would suggest that no matter what kind of company you are, an ESOP or whatever, being transparent is is gonna gonna help build that culture and be the right business decision at the at the end of the day. Could not agree with you more. Yeah, I feel thank like, you. I feel like it, it, if when that transparency gives your people the ability to see the score, yeah, right. if they yeah. see the score, they want to win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Um, and and you, I, I also love what you said. You don't have to be an ESOP to do it, uh, which which you know. But being an ESOP kind of forces you into it. <laughs> it's good accountability. You got it. Right. Yeah, that's right. This has been awesome, Ben. Is there anything else on your mind that you want to talk about before we uh, before we jump off here today? No, I think that that pretty much wraps it up. I, I think the world would be a better place if there were more ESOPs out there. So it'd be a lot, lot more happy employees and 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 uh, a lot of lot more people focused on on doing the right things and putting putting the the overall mission first above uh, yeah. everything else. 
Well, uh, could you know? I I think there's a um a a way of thinking and a way of acting that has clearly uh, been something that that you illustrate. That my guess is you would illustrate regardless of of whether uh, you were working in an ESOP or not. But I I uh, I do think that that. You know, you've 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 clearly found a place that that matches your core values and and a, and a place that you can um, help to to uh, to grow uh, in alignment with your 2024 goals. So, um, good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to talking to you again uh, sometime soon, and uh, and we will um, you know invite you back on into the future and hear how you're doing. That sounds great. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Stacy, let's do a little housekeeping here before we wrap up. That was fun. Um, I don't yeah, know. If you, uh, I did not know a lot about ESOPs. I never had really that opportunity. So, what about yeah. you? It's again, it's pretty rare. Very, yeah. you know, very few companies do it. And look, you don't have to be an ESOP to be an incredibly generous and fair and kind company that does awesome yeah. things for employees. Certainly, there there are lots that do that, but there is something special about as an employee, actually, you know, going from being an employee to what you heard Ben saying, an employee owner, which is a cool, that's a cool uh, experience and something that, um, you know, uh, certainly piqued my interest. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about, thinking about our future, you know, and, and, uh, and how we, and how we grow. So uh, good stuff. I, next week we have um, uh, Scott Arias, who is joining us to talk about construction scheduling. This is going to be all about, it's nuts and bolts, setting up a construction project from the start and, and the do's and don'ts uh, when it comes to construction scheduling. That'll be episode 65. That is same time, same place, 9 a.m. Eastern. We stream live on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Please uh, jump in and sign up live if you can. If you can't, all good. Uh, you can always check us out on uh, all the other places that we are on um, uh, Apple's podcast, Spotify, and, and of course on YouTube. And I think uh, also app or, uh, Amazon now uh, we're, we're up on their um, uh, podcast stream. Stacy, what else should I be mentioning? I think you covered it all. Um, I'll be sending out a recap of today's episode, just key points of different items that we learned and I guess for next week's episode for construction scheduling, who would you recommend attend that project managers, business owners, anyone specifically? So uh, I, I think everyone up and down the chain in a construction company is going to appreciate and value what they learn from the episode that Scott's going to be uh, on. He'll be just talking about, you know, not just how to do it, but the upstream and downstream effects of, you know, of kind of doing it wrong, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, um, uh, and I think that'll resonate with everyone it, from a tangible, you know, uh, takeaway standpoint, I think uh, the, the, you know, project management seat is, uh, the, the seat that will, you know, uh, should be taking notes. How's that? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I also do want to talk about one thing we didn't, uh, bring up, but I, I was sitting here thinking about it. Uh, the morning huddle construction show.com. Uh, oh, yeah. So we now have 
a website where uh, we can direct folks to when it comes to, you know, signing up for the newsletter, making sure that they're, you know, uh, uh, able to easily access all the different places that we stream, uh, you know, emailing Stacy or I about, you know, uh, uh, becoming a guest. We are so fortunate. We've got all of our guests covered through May, uh, but we are looking for guests already into the fall. So please, if, if you or someone you know is creating positive change in the construction industry and you, and you want to be featured here, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Sounds good. All right. Let's right, call today. You. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Ben, again, uh, who I see is uh, still hanging on. He's a great guy. He's, he's like, he's waiting. He's like, you're super polite. He's like, I'm going to say <laughs> it's, it's so many guests are just like, peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, right, thank you so much. Tuesday. See you, Stacey. See you next week.